Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust. Member FDIC. 1039. Appreciate Chris Turnage's patience. Per usual, he knows we uh, have an issue staying on time. Chris, welcome. It's a big week for you and others in the industry. And there are a lot of people's lives who are going to change significantly this week, depending on where they land in the draft. Welcome, my friend. This is your. Hey, good morning. This is your Super Bowl week, isn't it? It is. Yeah, you know, a, a year long of, of work kind of culminates uh, in this week, so it's uh, it's uh, absolutely kind of a, a Super Bowl week. How many players are you representing going into this weekend? So between me and the other agents that work with me, we have ten. Okay. And who is the most high profile, or a couple most high profile guys that we might uh, keep an eye on for this weekend? Yeah. So. Greg Jr. from Washtenaw we've talked about before. He's mm-hmm. probably, you know, up there in, in that consideration. Um, he'll, he should be drafted um, somewhere on Saturday, and that will be hopefully the first OBU player ever to be drafted, uh, which will be uh, be kind of a cool thing. And so um, we're, we're kind of anticipating and hearing um, somewhere between five and six, rounds five and six mm-hmm. um, for him. But, you know, one, one variable, and I think I've talked about this guy before, is this is the largest draft class in the history of the NFL draft because of COVID and all that stuff. And so that being said, you're going to have guys that get pushed back. And uh, the GM of the Eagles was talking to me today and said, you know, look, we're going to have guys with fourth and fifth round grades on our board that end up being free agents. Mm. So you know, it could be really unpredictable. Uh, there. And then we have, uh, have, have a long snapper, um, which I love working with long snappers. Mm. Uh, it's uh, he, he's the best. He was the only one that got invited to the combine in the country and, and should be drafted um, there as well. But uh, but then yes, several others that uh, will all be in the mix. What's his name? Uh, Cal Adamidas. And um, he's where? In, he's from Pittsburgh, University okay. of Pittsburgh. All right. um, interesting fact. So they never have previously given an All American award for that category, and they started it this year because of him. Hmm. Um, and so, like the 49ers said, he's the best long snapper to come out in the last ten years. So it's kind of a, a unique, uh, a unique deal. What, how do they gauge that? Like, what's that based on? Um, a lot of it is based on number one, your snap times and accuracy, but then number two, coverage um, and protection. You know, a lot of NFL teams now, since you can't line head up over the snapper, they use that snapper as an extra gunner, so to speak, mm-hmm. to get down in coverage. Yep. And so, like we represent Luke Rhodes, who was the All Pro selection for the Indianapolis Colts. And uh, Cal is very, very similar to that. Uh, worked out with the linebackers at Pitt, stuff like that. So that gauge is kind of based on, on you know, those those kind of things generally. I don't make too many predictions that come true, but I feel very confident in saying Traylon Burks will not be a free agent. He'll be drafted somewhere. <laughs> and the latest projection I saw from one guy, Peter King, who's been you know around the NFL a long time covering it, had him at 16 to the Saints. As a Saints fan, I would love that. What do you think is the ceiling for him? Yeah, I think feeling you're talking right at that 15-16 range for sure. Obviously, you know, depending on what turns happen and whatnot. But I think I think that's the ceiling. You know, he came into the draft process competing for the number one overall receiver spot, um, and the the pre-draft process hasn't gone as well for him as what I think you know he would have hoped or to help cement that number one receiver spot. So um, I think you're probably going to see him, you know, in that 18 to 24 range potentially, but with the ceiling of 15-16. Um, you know, but again, then you go to a better, a much better team instead of having to go to somebody like Jacksonville or Cleveland or you know somebody like that. You mm-hmm. can go to a much better, hopefully, team and an opportunity um, to to go win a championship and be a competitor. You know, for a Super Bowl contender potentially. How many wide receivers get taken in the first round? 
You know, that's a good question. Um, and I don't know if you guys saw that. The GM of the Colts came out and said receivers are the most overdrafted position. You shouldn't take them that high because they're just there's so many good talented guys that you can get a starting caliber wide receiver in round three, mm-hmm. you know, and even four. And so that's the mentality of a lot of teams now. But I still think you're going to see um, at least four receivers go in round one, um, in my opinion. And certainly, certainly that could change. And I've been wrong. Um, before maybe once, but uh, <laughs> that could change a little bit, you know. So, but I think I think you're going to see probably four going round one. And this is because the Cowboys need a wide receiver, and I've, I've heard talk, and I think it was Orlovsky said today that he has Cowboys dra- uh, trading up to draft a receiver. I'm like, why would you do that? Because I keep hearing how deep this draft is. If, if the guy's not there in the first round, why, why trade up? Just go get you one in the second round, third round, or fourth round. Is it that deep? Yeah, I absolutely think it is. And, you know, it's funny, one of the guys from the draft that I was talking to the other day said, look, this draft is about being patient. It's so deep and it's so crazy. Most of the time you can predict where the top, you know, 12 spots will go for the most part. And he said this year it's a crapshoot. I mean, literally nobody even knows who number one overall is going to be yet. In fact, the betting favorite just switched um, this morning from Aiden Hutchinson um, to – uh, Johnson, uh, Trayvon uh, Walker. Yeah, uh, there you go. Thank you. And uh, and so, I mean, he said literally this draft. If I was, he said, if I he doesn't have the, the pool, he's not the GM by any means. But he's like, I, this is the draft. Just sit back and be patient. You know, to your point, Wes. I mean, you can absolutely get starting quality receivers um, in day two, and maybe even in, in the top of day three. There's a kid, Christian Watson, out of North Dakota State University. He was at the Senior Bowl. He absolutely killed the testing. He there's a, a called a RAS, Relative Athletic Score, um, and he was graded as the number one most athletic receiver to come out in the last 10 years, hmm. um, given everything he's done. And so people are predicting the Cowboys might try to get him in round two, round three, uh, potentially. And so absolutely, I think I think you can you can wait and get similar traits and qualities in receivers day two and day three this year. Do you have any idea what the fewest number of first-round quarterbacks are? I mean, what the total is? I'm curious because – this is a this is widely regarded as not a very good quarterback class. I do not know that off the top of my head. I would speculate probably Chris Watson is probably two or three, yeah, um, at the least. But that's uh, that's a guess. But yeah, I mean this quarterback class is definitely doesn't have the headliners that you've had in the past that you believe can come in and be immediate starters. I mean even you know a guy like Malik Willis who's competing for the number one quarterback spot at a Liberty transfer from Auburn. Um, I mean. They're saying he's going to have to sit a year or two to even be, be NFL ready. You know, and you got Kenny Pickett, who's won a lot of games. People aren't sold on, on him. They think he can be a decent starter. Um, you know, so this is, uh, this is a crapshoot on that. But I've heard, you know, you could see a lot of teams kind of try to get back in the mix for quarterbacks in that late first round just because then they have that fifth-year option uh, with a quarterback at re- relatively cheap. And so if you see teams that start building – um, you know, look at what the Chargers are doing. They're going out and spending a ton of money on defensive guys this year because they still have Herbert on a rookie contract. It allows for so much more flexibility when you're not paying, you know, 20 or $30 million a year to a quarterback. Chris Turnage with us on the Brandon Moving and Storage Hotline. Uh, Chris, the, the uh, unpredictability of this draft, uh, and I, I think it was Peter King who even said, these all the mocks that we're doing, just throw them out because this this may be the wildest year ever. Do you agree with that? Yeah, oh, 100%. Um, I mean, it's funny just, just talking to teams, and that's what, you know, for the last two weeks, teams have started getting their draft meetings. They really start – and teams will have two boards. They have a front board, which is players that they would only consider drafting, and then they have their back board, which is 
players they would not draft, but they want to try to get in free agency. So if you're not, if your players aren't on the front board, that's not great. Um, if you know, as an agent, you're calling. But as teams kind of set these in draft meetings, that's been the theme of every single team I've talked to. Is um, man, we like this guy here, <laughs> and then another team will be you know two rounds completely different, and it's just uh, it's so unpredictable this year. I, I haven't seen it this unpredictable you know in my career. Chris, uh, what other Arkansas players should we be keeping an eye on uh, that could get drafted after Traylon? Yeah, I think Ridgeway is going to be the next one. Um, and Ridgeway could be, you know, in that third round conversation would be kind of a ceiling. Um, and I think otherwise you'll see fourth, fifth. So, you know, somewhere in between third and fifth, um, you know, for Ridgeway. And, and teams that run that 3-4, like a Pittsburgh that wants to have the big man up front, they used to have Casey Hampton up there running with those, you know, eating at the double teams. Uh, that's a team that you can see kind of targeting um, a guy like John Ridgeway. Then you go later, you know, in, in day three, which will be on Saturday, um, I think Montero Brown is literally a 50-50 proposition right now um, being drafted you know, versus free agent. And so he, he could certainly hear his name called in round 6-7, um, but he could also be a, be a free agent you know, pretty easily. And again, part of that with the, with the large um, class that, that's in the draft pool this year. You know, Myron Cunningham is, is in that same boat. Um, he, uh, he didn't do as well. In the, in the pre-draft process either is what you know some had hoped in terms of athletic testing and those kinds of things. So I think he'll most likely be a free agent, um, but could could certainly sneak into that 6-7. And then, you know, Trey Williams, he's got you know got some upside as a pass rusher, but there's some off-the-field issues um, that he's going to have to address that are pretty substantial both at Missouri and then at Arkansas. And so I think you're going to see you know him, even though he has certainly some talent, I think it's going to see him pushing you know, out of the draft to be a free agent. And then I think Grant Morgan is most likely a free agent. Um, again, teams are a little concerned about the long speed there, the 40 and the, and the sideline, the sideline coverage. I think he has, you know, tremendous intelligence, what they call FBI football intelligence. Um, you know, he gets a, a plus on that and a plus on character, plus on, you know, hard work. So I absolutely think he can help an NFL team and come in on special teams and contribute, but I don't think you'll see him see him drafted. Well, luckily for uh, for him, you don't have to run 40 yards on a play very often, so that's good news. But we'll Correct. See, we'll see. Correct. If, we'll see if somebody will take a shot on him. Uh, we got to run, Chris. But real quick, what, who will be the first player selected? Do you think? Uh, I, you know, it's interesting because you have Jacksonville. They come out and they had a press conference that they might do something crazy on it. But I, I'm still going with uh, Aiden Hutchinson. Okay. And then, what position will be drafted the most in first round? And I'll give you all of offensive line, not one specific position. Okay. All right. Well, or all defensive line. I'll go. Uh, I'll go O line. Okay. I'll take the, the O line collectively. Peter King's got a lot of O linemen going too. So I'm, this kid from Tulsa must be pretty good. Huh? I've heard a lot about him. Yeah. Oh yeah. He's he, he's shown some very athletic traits. Again, you know, NFL teams love traits, and so he's shown that. And and yeah, it could be could be really intriguing. You know, there's a kid from uh, from Tulsa receiver that went to CAC, my alma mater, and. Uh, he, uh, he's a receiver that could get drafted late as well, so just something that, something else to watch on. And then you also got Pierre Strong, another Arkansas connection from McClellan that played at, at South Dakota State. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. That's cool. Well, Chris, thanks for the updates. Uh, we'll leave you to it. you got a busy week, and maybe we can touch base next week and get a recap. That'd be great. All right, brother, thank you.